Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. Introducing touch-free payments from PayPal, a safe way for your customers to pay. Simply download the PayPal app and display your own unique QR code for your customers to scan. Whether you're a market seller, I'll take two tomatoes and a cucumber. Poodle pamperer, <laughs> piano tuner, or plumber. Signing up to accept touch-free payments for your business is easy. Touch-free QR code payments. Shop safe with PayPal. Well, folks, welcome to one more edition of Politics and Random. Berto Will is your host. Thank you so kindly for being a part of the show. We are going to have, as usual, a great show for you today. We intend to have a great show for you today. Welcome, El Senor Michael Rudnin. And you know Michael Rudnin starts the show off. Usually he has something to say. And this time he says, there is no excuse for this. Fire both cops. They're horrible people. Disband the union for defending them, our police forces seem to need a hard reset. Defund the police, quoting the cops. I'm going to pepper spray you, and I don't want to. So sit back. Come on, this is your last chance. Our pepper spray is going into your eyeballs. Come on, let's go. Just pray her at this point. Man, uh, we, we, we know. Sounds like a police state, doesn't it? Then he has, for after the show. Bow of the fifth column, there are not going to be a whole lot of situations in which I find pepper spraying a handcuffed nine-year-old child appropriately. Appropriate. That's pretty much always going to be wrong in my book. Of course. Of course. But when you don't look at people as humans, it doesn't matter, right? To you, it's just spoiled dog. Right? That's what you normally see. So, AVQ, Michael Rudnan, thank you so kindly for bringing that up. Anyhow, folks, if you're just joining us, I have one request I ask of thee. Please go ahead and share our programs. That is how we get penetration. That is how we ensure a whole lot of people see the news from a different point of view. The news, as in my humble opinion, as honest as can be, not owed to a drug company, not owed by any at all. So please, if you're just joining us in your network, please share whether you are on Facebook, whether you're on YouTube, whether you're on Twitch, whether you're on Periscope. Please go ahead and share, 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 share. That is how we make a difference. That is how you make a difference. I tell you all, all of the times, right? Progressive media, independent media. The only way we succeed is if we do it together. And so that brings, you know, people talk about unity, 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 all that good stuff. Unity only happens when we do it. So I ask you to go ahead and share these things. So what's the show going to be about today? 
What is the show going to be about today? I'm bringing it up as we speak. I'm bringing it up as we speak so that Bridge MCP, welcome aboard. Tank 28, welcome aboard. And by the way, I'll be taking calls today. If anybody wants to call in, the telephone number is, and let me put that on the, into the feed as well. The telephone, you can either talk to us via Zoom or you can call in 346 248-7799 and the ID code is 254-600-9091. We'll take calls if anybody want to call in. Again, that number is 346-248-7799. ID code 254-600-9091. Egberto, after January 6th, Republicans keep bringing up unity. They don't want unity. They want amnesty. No, they don't want unity or amnesty. They want capitulation. In other words, when we are in power, we can use, uh, we can use reconciliation. We can do whatever we please. We can throw in three Supreme Court justices appointed by somebody who didn't even win the majority of the vote. And he didn't even consult to say, well, since I won three million votes less than Hillary Clinton, maybe if I'm going to appoint three Supreme Court justices, I will go ahead and, and appoint somebody middle of the road. Because after all, I didn't really win this election. But did he say that? No. They want to be wrong and strong. Less people support them and they want to have their ideology over and be preeminent. That is not honest. That's not fair. Eric Hayes, welcome aboard. Eric says, locally, we need bond reform and quit letting violent criminals out to commit even more crimes. That is not what happens. Again, we have to look at numbers. Many criminals, look, if you are wealthy, if you are wealthy and commit a crime, violent or otherwise, if you have the money to get out of jail, you get out of jail. If you have no money, you commit, or it is assumed that you commit a crime, the way the bond system works, if you're poor, you're relegated to stay in jail without a trial, before a trial. So let's be clear here. Uh, we need bond reform, yes. We need to make sure we don't let out people that we have a feeling will commit a crime again. But we have to be very careful that we don't give an advantage to those who have money. Because that is just as wrong. In our book, I think everybody would agree. Folks, if you're just joining us, please remember to share our program. Please remember to share our program. Okay, title of the show today is, coming up now, title of the show, Red States, Fail States, Wall Street Fraud, Private Prisons, COVID Relief Bill, and more. A good hodgepodge of topics that I... I'm going to bring all in one, all together. Let's see. Uh, I cannot believe your house was firebombed eight years ago. When watching your video on the N, <laughs> yeah, my house was firebombed. I've received hundreds of hate mail. I put placed several of them on the internet just so people could see how people are. You know, um, I am. I'm a very. Pro I'm a proud very progressive person. I have a whole lot of progressive friends. I have a whole lot of, uh, of other friends, conservative friends, anarchist friends, socialist friends, communist friends, capitalist friends. All of us are friends, good friends. I have never felt the urge to write a dirty letter, a, a uh, 
nasty email, a hate mail to any one of my friends ever, never have. But I receive quite a bit of them because I'm a progressive, because I'm a liberal, because I'm a democratic socialist. Even though the policies that I support, those people that are sending me the hate mail would love it. They want the policies I support. And guess how I know? When polled and not told what those policies represent, they want it. They want it. Folks, please remember to share our programs as we go on. So anyhow, the first video that I'm going to show is Bernie, uh, uh, Bernie, I said, Bernie Sanders and Politics Done Right agrees. The business model of Wall Street is nothing more than what? Fraud. I love the consistency of Bernie Sanders, including when he talks about Wall Street. For a long time, he's been talking about Wall Street as a fraud. And every time, they continue to give examples as to why they are. I want you to uh, listen to what he said today on uh, Network TV, one of the morning shows. And then I want to bring up a few things of the past. There was a big story this week about the Robinhood app and GameStop. Some of your colleagues were very critical of Robinhood's decision to block its users from purchasing more GameStop GameStop stock on Thursday. What do you say to them? What do you think needs to happen quickly if you can, sir? Well, in one sentence, I have long believed that the business model of Wall Street is fraud. I think we have to take a very hard look at the kind of illegal activities and outrageous behavior on the part of the hedge funds and other Wall Street players. Absolutely so. This time, uh, the fraud is the shorts that they've put onto the market. And the great thing about it is these uh, uh, Redditors, they went ahead and took care of cleaning out a few of those those hedge funds by really taking it to them. Some of them are going to lose a few bucks, but it's okay. They're doing a good deed. But the consistency of uh, Bernie Sanders, it's amazing because Chuck Todd a few years ago tried to really use that statement that you just heard Bernie Sanders make as sort of a hammer on him. In fact, it went, uh, it, it, it kind of went like this. Let me move on to something else you said in the debate. Chuck Todd said to Bernie Sanders, it was a tough charge and you yourself said this was going to be a tough charge when you said it the business model of wall street is fraud boy that was a broad brush that is what uh, chuck todd you know chuck todd was trying to put it late on on to um bernie sanders bernie came back and said look chuck what i said i believe to be true a few weeks ago as you know goldman sachs reached a settlement with the united states government for five billion dollars why And the answer is, obviously, they were defrauding investors in terms of selling some prime mortgage packages that were worthless. That's my definition of fraud. And other major banks also paid high settlements. So, you know, it happens over again and they are allowed to steal from the population you know we we hear people thrown in jail for taking a candy bar and all this kind of stuff these guys take away people's future they destroy companies they have shorts they have collars they have all these techniques that they use managing paper to control money while they're ripping you off there's only one winner they are they're only one loser they're only one person people they take from you And until we understand that Wall Street, as Bernie Sanders says, 
the business model is in effect fraud. It's not even a casino. Casino has rules that simply are followed. In Wall Street, they just go to Congress and say, ah, this is not a casino. We just want to create this new financial instruments. Regulators approve it. The business model of Wall Street is fraud. Now, um, I, l let me tell you, let me correct something, Brother Hayes, Brother Eric Hayes. Democratic socialists, they don't, they don't have a problem with wealthy people. They don't have a problem if somebody goes ahead and writes a book and sells a whole ton of books and make a lot of money. That's great. What democratic socialists believe is this entire society, money is the way we exchange resources, etc. There has to be some formula that recaptures money to prevent it to be to prevent accumulation in such a manner that it adversely affects the entire economic system. It's that simple. It's not magic to it. We don't mind that Bernie Sanders have 2.5 million people. I don't mind that that somebody's look. I am selling books. I'm not gonna my book here. I'm not gonna make the kind of money that uh, he says. I'm barely touching 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 over water selling my book and whatever um, support I get from subscriptions, barely making it on those things, right? So we don't mind people getting rich with something that they produce themselves. What we do mind is a stockbroker who does nothing, right? They short a stock. And in shorting a stock, they create no value, they create no worth, but they put the employees of that company at jeopardy. They put the people's uh, retirement and savings accounts at jeopardy. I don't, it's not that I don't believe in a stock market. I believe in a regulated stock market. In other words, I want people to say, I want to form a company. I want to have a lot of people buy pieces of this company so I can grow this company. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing anathema with democratic socialism in that either. You see, you guys mix up communism with socialism, and that is by design. They want you to believe that. They want you to believe this means the state controls everything. No, I believe in free enterprise. I like the idea of having had my, 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 my um, software company that I built, that I did from scratch. I gave it up for this, but that I built I'd like, I like the idea that somebody has a pizza shop, and if they work hard, they do it. Bernie Sanders produced a book that a whole lot of people kind of like, you know. Uh, when you lose money on stock, it goes to somebody else, my friend. In other words, if you know, there's, everything is a balanced equation. Everything is a balanced equation. So if you lose money on the stock market, there are two things that happen. When, when it comes to, to the stock market evaporating, and air, well, there, there are two places, right? There's an exchange that occurs uh, if, the, if the price – well, I tell you what, we're not, that's not what we're talking about right now, so I'll go into that another time. But welcome aboard, Jim Shamer. Welcome Sh – Shiner, welcome aboard. I, I think I spoke to Eric Hayes. Richard Champe, welcome aboard. Uh, not the truth, just lies. Uh, from whom? Me? Uh, brother, brother Champe, please give me any particular lie that you've heard me tell thus far. And I'll be more than happy to beg for your forgiveness if you found that I've said or spoken a lie. I will immediately beg you for forgiveness if 
you proved that point, sir. But anyway, uh, Bridge MCP, you said you didn't know my home was firebomb. Welcome aboard, Nanette Bird Smith. Here is a, uh, uh, let me just show you guys a, a quick video. It's only one minute long of my house uh, as they firebombed my house. Uh, I think it happened on a New Year's Day or something. like. I don't remember what date it was exactly, but here it is. That is, oops, I, I, let me start it again because I didn't get it from the beginning, and then I'll show you guys. Check this out. Notice that guy walking across, and it's a grown man walking across. He goes into our ferns. He goes ahead and he lays it down there because he's setting it up to, to bomb our home. And you'll see it. Uh, he tried it once. Yeah, firebombed in Kingwood. Yes, Jim Shiner. Yes. It didn't go off. He expected it to go off. It didn't go off. So he comes back around. He gets it lit. And then he shoots it off. And notice it starts. And that's what they did to my home. Okay? So it made the news. It made CNN. It made all, you know, all the channels. But you can see it wasn't a child. It wasn't a prank. It was a grown person that came ahead. And did that. So uh, when you do this kind of work, sometimes you have to be prepared for these, this kind of stuff. And the poor guys also got killed, uh, killed um, a rat out of the tree. And that was a rat that was in a tree or something, that, a squirrel that was in the tree. He got blown out of the tree because some of the fireworks hit the tree and he got blown out, killed him instantly. So yeah, that's what, that's, that's what I... That's the kind of stuff that, uh, so th that, that is what happened, okay? And that's called, so when it comes to hate, I, I don't return hate with hate. But if, it, if, if, if there were anybody who could say there's a whole lot of wrong that was done to me from the, you know, throughout this country, coming into the country and, and seeing a whole lot of stuff, both in business, in school, and otherwise, if I were a hateful person, there would have been a lot of hate to go around. But I believe that hate doesn't trump hate. As corny as this might sound, love does trump hate. And in the long run, the haters, the ones who are wired for hate. And I do believe there are people that are wired for hate. Eventually, they just crumble and die on the inside. They crumble and die on the inside. Okay, the other video that I want to show is with Ali Velshi. It's about private prisons, and this is an important video. And I, I say why it's important within the video proper. Check this out. Introducing touch-free payments from PayPal, a safe way for your customers to pay. Simply download the PayPal app and display your own unique QR code for your customers to scan. Whether you're a market seller. I'll take two tomatoes and a cucumber. Poodle pamperer, piano tuner, or plumber. Signing up to accept touch-free payments for your business is easy. Touch-free QR code payments. Shop safe with PayPal. I'm Robert Conti, Chief of the Metropolitan Police Department. Unfortunately, traffic fatalities are up in the district, and I need your help to reverse this trend. Seatbelt save lives and reduce the risk of death or injury. Click it or ticket. Ali Vilci did a piece on private prisons. And what's interesting is, while it's an important piece, it also parallels our healthcare 
insurance system or healthcare system in general. I want you to listen to this and then let's take it on the other side. This week, President Joe Biden signed an executive order phasing out the federal government's use of privatized prisons. It instructs the Justice Department not to renew contracts with privately operated prisons, a policy that was first implemented under President Obama and then reversed in 2017 by Trump. Private prisons are a stupid, amoral idea. The United States is the most prolific incarcerator on the planet. It's been that way for decades through Democratic presidents, Republican presidents, and Democrats again. 2018 figures show the U.S. ranks number one when it comes to the total number of incarcerated people. It has roughly 300,000 more people uh, that have been sentenced to prison than China does, which has literally one billion people more in population. But that's raw numbers. What about as a percentage of the population? America for the win again, with the highest rate of incarceration in the world. A great deal higher than the next country on the list, El Salvador. Our prison system became so overwhelmed, partly due to misguided federal initiatives like the war on drugs in the 80s and the 1994 crime bill, that it was forced to outsource help. In an effort to manage the rising prison population, around 2006, the Bureau began contracting with privately operated correctional institutions to confine some federal inmates. In 2017, U.S. private prisons incarcerated nearly 122,000 people, representing 8.2 of the total state and federal prison population. And private doesn't mean cheaper or better. In fact, private prisons are more dangerous than government-run prisons. A damning report from the Justice Department's Inspector General released in 2016 found that federal private prisons were much more violent and a lot less secure than publicly federally run facilities. Last week, I noted that there are two sides to some issues, and this is one of them. Private prisons should not exist. In economics, it's what we call a perverse incentive. Private prisons thrive when there are lots of people incarcerated, which is the opposite of what society's goals are. Some conservatives argue that anything the government can do, the private sector can do better. In this case, the argument is nonsense as it relates to incarceration. We can and should do better, but we do not have to sustain a profit motive with private shareholders making money off of imprisoned Americans to achieve those goals. America, as we have seen in the last eight months, needs a complete overhaul of its justice system, from policing to the judicial system to sentencing and rehabilitation. Ending private prisons won't solve the problem, but it is a start. Absolutely so. It won't solve the problem, but it's a start. But look, I I wanted to bring that piece on private prisons, how Ali Velshi did an excellent job in showing how you have a perverse reason for incarcerating more people. That's that's a perverse effect. But the same applies to healthcare. Isn't it true that if healthcare if the insurance is for profit, is all this healthcare is for profit, that they want to give you more of it? Isn't it a fact then that if they want to give you more of it and it's not there, they are going to increase the price on you? That is the reason we are in the dilemma. If you consider healthcare just like you see a regular product, you want, when I sold a product, I want to maximize the amount of money I can make from that product. It's what one does to, you know, you make a product, you want to make some money. Well, if you have healthcare in that same type of market, what are you going to do when a person comes in for health care? You're going to want to give that person as many tests as possible. You would want to find them as sick as possible because it's a perverse reason for gaining a profit. It's not rocket science. Why public-funded Medicare for All is the best answer 
to any kind of health care. And also given that the government is the one that pretty much starts most drugs search that then is used by the private sector to profit on your behalf that something needs to be done with regulations and control it is that simple it is math in a for-profit capitalist society there are certain parts of our society that does not belong in that realm why because if it's for profit the profit becomes perverse on you we spend a lot of time deconstructing the profit becomes perverse on you you know i i i, I am i've had it with the private sector public sector debate right because let me first say one statement of fact there is absolutely no proof that all things being equal the private sector somehow works more efficiently than the public sector. There's none. In Europe, when they, they, they denationalize the, 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 the transportation system, it, in the long run, it costs more. You get less service, and there is a specific reason why. And that is there is an additional cost added to the transportation system, that additional cost is called profit. So therefore, if I have if I have a set of if I have a set of engineers and workers running a, uh, a, a transportation system here, and I have another set of engineers running uh, and, and employees running a transportation system here. This one is private, this one is public. That, this private one means it also has shareholders and it also has uh, ex expensive. And this goes for healthcare and all these other systems, right? This has an additional cost. You have to pay your shareholders. You have to pay your executives and bonuses. In the public sector, you just pay a salary. Now, what the private sector tends to do is they, they, they pervert the public sector to give the implication that it's inefficient so that they can then swoop in and take over. You ask yourself, why is government in Washington so bad? Republicans make sure that government is, is not responsive. They make sure that government cannot do its job effectively. And in doing so, people then say, bring the private sector in. They do it better. Competition. Really? For competition, look, I don't want the government to own a pizza shop. I don't want the government to own all these because these are things that are, these are all things in flux. But for the things that are important, healthcare, energy, there are certain things that we should want the government, we the people, to control and control it well. In other words, when people say, oh, well, that, 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 the DMV doesn't work right. The DMV doesn't work right because you don't want it to work right. If you want the DMV to work right, when a politician comes out and they start talking about, oh, we are going to do this for you, you say, I want the DMV to work better. And if the DMV doesn't work any better, you re-elect other politicians. It's simple. No, it is simple. Brother Lee Grant, welcome aboard. I hadn't saluted you yet, Brother Lee Grant. Brother Ronald Reynolds, Norman Reynolds, welcome aboard. Charlie Lindahl, welcome aboard. 
Uh, let's see. Lindell says, I pose the following argument. Public education is much less flexible than private, although private is more expensive. Public education is much less flexible than private. That's because that is how we designed it. We don't have to design it that way. I've seen public educations where they've had innovative programs like the Houston Independent School District. They have the art, sec- the art, the art section and all these other things. We can make public educations as flexible as, pri- as the private sector. We can. We the people. The private sector only offers things that the people want. And we can want this from the government as well. The only difference is it costs less. Why does it cost less? There are no shareholders to pay. You see, we have, been, we have gotten our frame in, incorrect. We have been, the Powell Manifesto did one thing. The Powell Manifesto inculcated in the minds of many that we the people are dumb and that the private sector is smart, even though the private sector is there to service we the people. So the private sector only provides what we want. Right? So therefore, we could have a government provide what we want, but if they don't, we vote them out. For the private sector, when they have a monopoly, we have no control. It is such a different formulation of thinking. The problem is, the problem is, we have been so indoctrinated into a belief that somehow the private sector has some magical potion that allows them to work better than government. It's a fallacy. Russia, a a supposedly communist country, developed the nuclear bomb just like America developed. Look, all the engineers from Russia care about doing the same engineering that all the engineers from America want to do. I mean, when it comes to knowledge, it has nothing to do with ideology. Those of us who are engineers and scientists, etc., we just want to do our craft. We just want to do our craft. Now, when it comes to economic systems, etc., look at who benefits from a particular economic system, and then I'll tell you what it's all about. Anyhow, I'm kind of running out of time, and I'm at... Um, wow, today when Italian fascist economics wanted to place government official on the board of every major corporation. That... Let's correct something from you, Brother Grant. Um, and thank you for bringing up fascist economics. Fascist economics is what Donald Trump is trying to put out. Fascist economics is Mussolini, Donald Trump, all of those guys are the same. And it's not that they're putting government officials on boards. It is that the government becomes the corporation. Remember that, Brother Grant. Government becomes the corporation. That's what a fascist government is. Where does the public sector get these these things, items for cheaper? They buy them from the private sector, a private sector that uses massive profits from government contracts to buy and compromise the people to run the public sector. Great, that great plan, guys. Uh, you missed the point. But you have a good point, however, Stephen Perrino. And the reason why I'm saying that is the following. In the private sector, supply and demand still works, right? So if you have competition, between company A and company B, and you don't have collusion, and the government says, I am putting out a bid for the private sector to give us something. I am not against profits. 
And I'm not against the private sector making profits. I am saying the government needs to be the insulating factor, the attenuating factor for things like healthcare, transportation, and these particular sectors of our economy. That's all I'm saying. As far as getting the best price from the private sector, look, you can't, the permutations of creating products is so vast that you need to have things that are uncontrolled by some central government or whatever, okay? So I don't know, Stephen Perino, that we are in disagreement at all. I just think we are in an, is- an execution-type issue. Okay, uh, since I'm at the 33-minute mark, I have to do my quick thing. I'm going to be very quick today because I have a lot more videos that i got to put out here. We're moving kind of slow because I needed to talk to all of you guys. But here we go. Uh, look. If you are on YouTube, please consider becoming a part of our PDR Posse. PDR Posse, go ahead and click that Join button, and please support what we do. It's very important what we do to get the progressive message out there where it is being stifled by the the fallacies of the right. So you can do that by just going, if you're on YouTube, just go ahead and click the Join button. If you're not on YouTube, if you're on Facebook, if you're on Periscope, if you're on Twitch, go ahead and hit politicsunright.com slash YouTube. politicsunright.com slash YouTube. The PDR Posse was named by our one and only Bridge MCP, who's sitting down right there at Taking, talking to everybody as well. But again, if you're not on YouTube to hit the join button, please go ahead and hit politicsonright.com slash YouTube. If you are on Patreon, please go ahead and uh, support us via Patreon. Go to, and it's a start of the month, so it's a great time to start our Patreon right now. politicsonright.com slash Patreon. Patreon is spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N. Again, that is politicsonright.com slash Patreon. By the way, Bridge MCP designed a teacup for us, a, a mug actually, and we are going to eventually, in the next few days, get her design onto our cups so that you guys can get one of our cups with the Politics Done Right uh, posse designed by Bridge MCP. Jim Scheimer! What? Scheimer, uh, thank you for becoming a member. Love you, my brother. Love you, my brother. Hey, listen. Uh, you, you're, you'll be able to get all of that at our store. You can get our books at our store too, politicsdoneright.com slash store, politicsdoneright.com slash store. Jim Shiner, give it. Hey, everybody, type in hooray. Who, who, hooray for Jim Shiner, who just became a Politics Done Right, a PDR posse member. Thank you so kindly, Jim. You are wonderful. You are making sure that we can continue to do this. I know how, folks, if you want to get our book, we need to sell a ton of our books to keep viable. Go to, the, I'm putting the link for our Amazon book in there. Name of the book is, It's Worth It, How to Talk to Your Right Wing Relatives, Friends, and Neighbors. This book, pretty cool book, 200 and something pages. And you can also get our other books. We have the, as I see it, Class Warfare, the Best Resort to Right Wing Doom, all those kinds of things you can get out there. So please feel free to do that at any time. And of course, we take PayPal. We love PayPal as well. You can join us by, uh, you can help us out by going to our politicsunright.com slash PayPal. politicsunright.com slash PayPal. Look, guys, love you all. Thank you so kindly for being a part of what we do here. Um, let's go ahead and do the other videos. Dana Bash. Dana Bash went ahead and did something that's important. Check it out. We'll take it on the other side. CNN host Dana Bash, she called out uh, Senator Rob Portman, uh, Republican of Ohio, 
for his inconsistency, for his hypocrisy with uh, Donald Trump and the insurrection. I want you to check this out and then let's take it on the other side. You voted this week to dismiss the trial as unconstitutional since Donald Trump is no longer in office. I know you said you're going to keep an open mind as a juror, but setting aside questions of timing or constitutionality, do you consider Trump's actions leading up to and on January 6th to be impeachable conduct? Yes or no? The vote was, the vote was not about dismissing the trial. It was about not discussing the constitutionality okay. is, a, is a critical issue. I have said with regard to the president's comments that day, that they were partly responsible for what happened, for the horrible violence that occurred on Capitol Hill. I've also said, you know, that, that, that what he did was, was, was wrong and, and inexcusable. I've used the word inexcusable because I think that's, that's how I feel. So, I mean, we'll see. I'm a, I'm a juror. I'm going to keep an open mind as we go through this. Uh, but I do think that this constitutionality issue has to be addressed. I mean, we would be convicting a private citizen, as you know, someone who's out of office. That sets a, a, a precedent. And I think all former presidents, yeah. those alive and those and those not, uh, uh, could could be affected in a negative way. But and if you don't vote yes, that, aren't you excusing that... it? You say it's inexcusable. If you don't vote yes, one could argue that you are doing just that. You are excusing the behavior. Well, it can be inexcusable and yet not be uh, subject to a conviction after a president has left office. If you look at the Constitution, and there aren't that many words about impeachment, so it's easy to do, and I encourage your viewers to do so. It's always connected with removal from office. She dinged him. If you don't vote yes, aren't you saying, even though you claim it's inexcusable, if you don't say, if you don't vote for impeachable impeachment, you're pretty much saying you're excusing it. That was a, a, a very, she, she, she made him hang himself. But here's a more important uh, part about it. There is precedence. There are three times in American history, as I recall, I don't quite remember what they were, where the impeachable person left office and was still impeached, or uh, was still convicted. So uh, let's, or, or trial was still held. I don't remember if they were convicted or not, but a trial was still held. So there's precedence that this has occurred already. Republicans simply don't have the spine because they are scared of Donald Trump's base. But as was shown yesterday, and I don't remember what program, if you take a look at Donald Trump's base, there's no, there should be really no fear because the base itself doesn't have winning power. It is amazing, but it's true. We spend a lot of time. It is amazing, but it's true. It is amazing, but it's true. We're kind of running a little bit low on time. So let me go to the other video, another important one. Yesterday, we had an interesting event, and some of you have already seen the video that I did here in Kingwood. Uh, well, I tell the whole story in the video, so I'll just go ahead and play that now. I live around the corner here, and I'm... Um, friend of mine jogging with his wife coming down and I get, I, I get a call that says Egberto you'd not imagine what I saw did you see that picture I just sent you and I said yeah I thought it was on a tree but it's actually on the sidewalk and this is what we had to welcome Dr. Tyson his wife today anyhow doc uh, I don't want to over dramatize this you have things like this that happen all of the times but where does the sentiment come, really, that people think that they have to do something like this? Um, so I don't know. I can't speak for other people, but it seems to me I've lived in Kingwood for 12 years, and only in the last two or three years have I noticed these kinds of things on 
our sidewalks. I've seen them several times now in different parts of, of the community. Um, and I think people are rightly terrified that their lives are not what they thought they could be. Uh, maybe this is a kid, but the kid, you know, all that they're taught in school is not to do things like this. So someplace they're hearing it's okay to do things like this, or it's funny, or they hear this word being said over and over again. So it's their parents, and there's people who think they're losing out on the American dream. And, I mean, I think they've bought into a load over the last 30 or 40 years that it's black people or brown people that are screwing them up and screwing this country up, and it's really just a load of crap. Um, the reality is that the wealthy have been screwing people over for the last 40 years, and that's why ordinary people can't get a break. They can't get ahead. We spent $4.5 trillion in COVID relief for corporations. And they could barely send people, what, a $1,200 check? Now they're arguing about whether to send another $1,400? It's a disgrace. Um, And people need to realize that the trillionaires, the billionaires, have doubled their wealth during this pandemic. They are doing phenomenal. And it's time they ponied up for ordinary people so that we don't see people looking for scapegoats and blaming their problems on people of color. You know, like I said, I didn't want to over-dramatize this because, again, uh, we know we know that this is more a symptom than anything else. But I think it's all, what you said, I think it's important for people to realize. Uh, these kinds of things are simply a tool, and many times these are tools that are pushed by those same people you're talking about. In other words, they need to have us looking elsewhere so that we don't look at them. Can you expand on that some? Well, America has had a history of divide and conquer. Elites have used race intentionally to keep the working class from seeing their common um, interests regardless of race, <clears throat> and joining together. And every time in our history, when the, when black and white Americans have started working together, elites swoop in and try to shut it down. It happened during Bacon's Rebellion. It happened during the, uh, the populist uprising, the Grange movement right here in Texas, which was a movement of black and white farmers against the monopolies from the East Coast, and they got basically squashed. Um, And that's what Americans need to realize. This is not black against white. This is working class against the super rich that have built a government that is essentially corrupt to the core through campaign contributions, through insider dealing, um, and that leads to policies that don't benefit ordinary Americans but that do benefit the billionaires and millionaires that contribute to their campaigns. Thank you. I'm Robert Conti, Chief of the Metropolitan Police Department. Unfortunately, traffic fatalities are up in the district, and I need your help to reverse this trend. Seatbelt save lives and reduce the risk of death or injury. Click it or tick it. Introducing touch-free payments from PayPal, a safe way for your customers to pay. Simply download the PayPal app and display your own unique QR code for your customers to scan. Whether you're a market seller, I'll take two tomatoes and a poodle pamperer, <laughs> piano tuner, or plumber, 
Signing up to accept touch-free payments for your business is easy. Touch-free QR code payments. Shop safe with PayPal. Thank you very much, Doc. We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to, trying to parse it into a form. I love that guy. I mean, uh, we, we've done protests together. We've done, uh, we did Occupy Kingwood together, the whole works. Uh, if we got a lot more people like this guy out there in the field, I'm talking about the, the people who can frame the argument, frame the, the, the debate in such a manner that brings it home. And I think that's where he has his strength. He knows how to bring it home. Anyhow, like I said, we're in for time. So let's talk about the COVID relief package. Here we go. Here is the deal. I want bipartisanship. Democrats in general, when you take a look at who mostly work towards bipartisanship, usually Democrats look at the Affordable Care Act. It's much less than it should have been. Why? Because they took a whole lot of input to keep so much private in uh, Obamacare, which is a private system. And they took all this advice from Republicans and centrist Democrats. They made the product much less than it should have been. And you know what? Still, it got zero Republican votes. So it's best if uh, Biden, President Biden, is not suckered into some false bipartisanship where you give the House to the Republicans and then at the end they give you zero votes so to ensure the bill is not called bipartisan even though uh, you give them quite a bit of what they want. So they go ahead and they get what they want without having to stamp their name on it. That is their modus operandi. However, on the other side, the converse isn't true. And you know who saw that? Dana Bash, not the bastion of liberal journalism. And she called out a Republican senator on that same issue. Take a look at this and then let's take it on the other side. I think it's really in the, in the interest of the Biden administration not to do what the Democrats on the Hill are planning to do, which is on Tuesday, as you know, start to go uh, down the road of a process that will jam Republicans and really jam the country because with a bare 50 vote majority, remember they have the 50-50 Senate now, so it's it's divided right in half. Right. That they would use what's called reconciliation, and basically what it says is you ignore the interests of the of the minority party and just jam it through. And it's not in the interest of the party uh, of the Democratic Party to do that, in my view, because it will set uh, President Biden down a path of partisanship well, that I think will poison the well for other bipartisanship we'll, we'll need on so many issues. Well, uh, you mentioned uh, poisoning the well. I, I just have to ask you, because you did support Republican efforts to use reconciliation on a few things, like trying to repeal the Affordable Care Act, passing the Trump tax cuts. So explain why it was okay for Republicans, but not Democrats. Well, I, reconciliation is, is a tool that you're able to use. It has to relate directly to the budget. And what the Democrats are talking about doing is, one, using it right off the bat without you know, trying to come up with a bipartisan compromise as we have on COVID-19. If you can't find bipartisanship on COVID-19, I don't know where you can find it. You know, our proposal as an example is going to have all of the health care funding that, that President Biden has in his proposal, all of it. So there's, there's a lot of bipartisanship. But second, reconciliation is not meant for the purposes that they're trying to use it for. Of course, he just lied that the Biden, that what they supported, the bill that they supported has all the things Biden has in it, just a lower cost. 
the bill reality, they are proposing $600 billion. Biden is supporting $1.9 billion. They are not helping the states. They are not helping a, a whole lot of people. They want to reduce from $1,400 to $1,000. And likewise, they want to keep it at $300 on employment instead of $400. How do they expect these people to live? These millionaires are trying to give a little pittance to the average American citizens who are responsible for keeping this economy afloat, who are responsible for all the primary care, who are responsible for getting us out of this COVID. They can stay out there in Congress. They can stay at home. But all others have to go ahead and put themselves at risk to make sure that they are protected. But that's not enough. Again, listen to what he said. Oh, uh, the Republicans, are, are sh that they should have some sort of a compromise. Really? We have a President Donald Trump who got elected, uh, who didn't get elected uh, with the majority of the vote. In fact, three million votes less than the person he supposedly beat. And what did we get out of that? He got to a point, three Supreme court justices and when it was time to compromise on justice hell no obama had a justice over a year in waiting did they compromise no they didn't they didn't even give the guy a hearing so let's be clear here unless democrats show some backbones and it's not about not uh you know turning the other cheek here because you know i believe in turning the other cheek on on various issues and not necessarily turning the other cheek but actually taking a blow for better to, to, to move things forward. But in this case where it materially affects American citizens, the well-being of American citizens will be affected by the size of this stimulus, by the size of this COVID relief bill. We don't have the time to compromise with folk who have no idea what Americans are going through. We have no time to try to create a false sense of bipartisanship with people who have appointed three Supreme Court justices with minority rule, with people who have denied many, many their well-being with minority rule. That when he talks about the Senate being 50-50, it's not 50-50 the Senate. There are 40 million more people re represented by the Democratic 50 than represented by the Republican 50. Let's get real. The Senate is not 50-50 when we count who they represent. So Joe Biden, President Joe Biden, remember who you are there to serve, not bipartisanship, but the American people. Not bipartisanship. But the American people. Here is the last video. This one now has to do with blue states, red states, and reality. Reed Sicaria had a great documentary out last night called The Divided States of America, What is Tearing Us Apart? And there's a particular clip that I really honed in on. But more importantly, there was something that wasn't said about that particular clip that I think we need to explore. So let's show the clip, and then we'll take it on the other side. To better understand how the country has become so polarized, so divided by class, you need only to look at this man. In the 2020 presidential election, the counties that voted for Joe Biden, taking up a small part of the country's geography, were responsible for 71% of the nation's economy. That vast sea of red, the counties that Donald Trump won, contributed a meager 29% of American GDP. It illustrates that the United States may be one country, but two very different worlds, divided by two things above all, where you live and whether you went to college. People call it the Diploma Divide. 
more educated Americans are overwhelmingly becoming Democratic, less educated Americans moving much more into the Republican column. This is particularly true among white voters. Just look at the breakdown. Blue America is mostly urban, densely populated, diverse, with a large share of college-educated workers in professional and creative jobs. When people talk about the degree divide, that's really the class divide. Having a college degree, that's actually the strongest proxy for who is in the professional managerial elite. On the other hand, Red America is home to the country's beautiful heartlands and vast farms that feed most Americans. It's not nearly as crowded, it's whiter, with more Americans who work with their hands. Fewer here attend college and they don't like the urban professional elite. This divide has only been sharpened by the pandemic. According to the Bureau of Labor Statistics, college-educated workers were far more likely to telework and maintain their standard of living than those without education. I think people who didn't go through those four years see the rules being broken all the time. <laughs> bankers, by economic elites, and they feel like, hey, if somebody's going to break the rules and be on my side as a rule breaker, I'll accept that. I love the poorly educated. For many white working class voters, Donald Trump seemed a messiah. The forgotten men and women of the United States are forgotten no more. You work hard, you pay your taxes, you do all these things, and you were forgotten. They forgot about you. And Trump did nothing for them, but he knew how to exploit them. We, Trump did nothing for them, but he knew how to exploit them. And it's not only Trump who exploits them. It's all the red state representatives who exploit them. Let me, let, let's be clear here. There is a true truism that in the urban areas, you know, where, where we have all the skyscrapers, where capitalism is in full vogue, where they trade, where they have stocks, where they do all these things in these big buildings around the big cities, on the coast, on both sides, where there are a whole lot of Republicans and Democrats alike making a hell of a lot of money in these towers and doing a whole lot of business in these towers that create that 71% GDP in blue areas versus the 29% GDP in in red areas, which is a much more massive area, if just not as much in population. So here's the kicker, though. The policies that Democrats are currently supporting are the policies that pretty much would pay those people back. We need those people in the bread baskets. We need those people in the red states that are doing all kinds of jobs that then get traded out in the Blue states. You take a look at, uh, at the, where, the red land that they showed there, covered in where oil is gotten, covered in where carbon is gotten, covered in where we grow our food. All the things that are essential for the entire country resides in red America as well. And what I'm saying is the policies that we need to compensate them, that farmers don't make what they should make means that they should have some form of support in a true society where they are not paid commensurate with what they produce. It's not the blue state's fault. It is the red state politicians, the red state's 
policies that create that scenario. It is no no uh, it's it's no uh, reason to not understand them why red states are debtor states, why red states are the ones that take a whole lot of money out of blue states because they cannot be self-sustained. It is all because of policy. Low taxes, yes. Low taxes mean the rich people in those red states will live very, very well. But it also means the people in those red states have poor health care. It means the people in those red states have poor education because they want to be known for low taxes. We don't really take care of our own. So what happens? You get all the intelligence, as the piece showed, on the coast and in blue areas. Why? Because they are willing to invest in their people. Red state politicians invest in the rich. Think about that, folks. Think about that. Continue to vote against your interest. They continue to vote against your interest because of a fallacy of tax and spend, because of a fallacy of false individualism, because of a fallacy of what's best for them. And uh, there's, there, there are a few things that I wanted to add to that, uh, that as well. Texas is a red state, but Texas is a special situation because Texas is very big and Texas is a very diverse state, both in, and, and it produces a lot of oil and it has a whole lot of those kind of things. So Texas is what we call a neutral state. In other words, Texas takes out just a little bit more than it puts into the federal government, the last statistics that I look at. So Texas is a special case. So uh, we can't use Texas as the template. Look, you have to use Alabama, Louisiana, Mississippi, Georgia, and uh, and these others, th these other red states, uh, Wyoming, etc. Now, here's the deal that I always want to remind folks. You know, our governor always talks about we are bringing companies are coming to Texas. They're coming to Texas. We're bringing jobs to Texas, and he's right. He's right. These companies are looking out for themselves. But guess what? The talent, the high-priced people that that are in that company, they bring from out of state. They bring in general from out of state, more educated in, in these states. In other words, other states educate a lot of the people that are coming into Texas when these corporations move to Texas. Amazing, isn't it? So the people that are here in Texas wanting jobs, yeah, they get some, but they don't get the high-powered jobs. Because they don't qualify for the high-powered jobs. Look, I'm not talking, I'm talking in the aggregate. I'm, I know, come on, we have a lot of us that go to the University of Texas and, and get good salaries, good jobs. I am talking about the, very, the masses and masses and masses of Texans that are just barely making it. Those are the people that I'm talking about. But anyhow, we're getting to the end of the program. Please, folks, remember to consider getting my book, How to Talk to Your Right Wing relatives, friends, and neighbors. Uh, you can get that at Amazon. There's a link to go ahead and get it. Please consider, if you don't want, if you don't want to go through the middleman, go to our store. You can get cups and T-shirts and hoodies and the works at our store. Either there or you can get it at our YouTube channel as well. If you're on YouTube, please join. Please become a member like our brother Jim Shiner, who just became a wonderful member of the PDR Posse. So if you're on YouTube right now, click the Join button. Please become a part of our PDR Posse. If you're not there, 
Go to politicsandright.com slash YouTube, politicsandright.com slash YouTube. Become a patron. Today's the first of the month. Great time to join our Patreon because, you, you know, you get the full month. politicsandright.com slash Patreon. Patreon is spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N. And, of course, we support PayPal, politicsandright.com slash PayPal. I hope you liked your mug, Abrige MCV. You had tea in it. Take a picture so that I can put it up on the screen, my friend. I've already seen you on our, our big chat that we had with our PDR posse. So take it so we can put it on screen and say, hey, there is our PDR posse maker with her cup. Anyhow, my name is Egberto Willis. Thank you. Oh, I didn't call all of you guys. Michael Rodden, AVQ Tank 28. Uh, let's see who else. Uh, Bridge MCP. Uh, Eric Hayes. Uh, Jim Shiner. Norman Reynolds. Nanette Bird Smith. If I miss you, just put it on the bottom and I'll get back to the bottom before I leave. Uh, Michael Rodden, I got you already. Who else is here? I got Nanette. Uh, para ver, para ver, quien más está aquí? Quien más está aquí? Quien más está aquí? Brian Miner, welcome aboard. It's a lot of people, so I mean, uh, I I scroll about and I scroll so fast. Sometimes I saw, I just saw another one and it just jumped me. Ah, para ver, para ver quién más está aquí, para ver quién más está aquí. Uh, let's see, it's a light colored. Oh, there we go, Charles Charlie Lindahl, welcome aboard. E Willies, somebody using my name. I don't know who is that, but I can figure out who that is. Uh, coming down, coming down, coming down. If Lee Grant, of course, Lee Grant. My, I have a lot of conservatives in here, too. I love all my peeps. Conservatives, liberals, progressives, everybody. You are my peeps. We are our peeps, brothers and sisters of every every stripe there is. That is, we're going to show people how it's done. Now, we can all sit down here and talk. We can all sit down here and get along. We don't have to agree on everything, but I want you guys to try to agree with me now. Come on now. You know we're talking progressivism. Come on now. Anyhow, okay, let me go to the bottom of the scroll in case I missed anybody and I didn't call you out. Let's see if anybody added. Bridge MCP is there. I think I got everybody that I could see. All right, folks, I got to get out of here. My name is Egberto Willis. This is Politics Done Right, and you know how I close out our baby. I am what? Out. We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to, trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel, and number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join. This message is sponsored by Amazon. I want to get back to kissing the cheeks of my grandbabies, making Sunday dinner with a house full of family and lots of laughs. <laughs> COVID-19 has changed how we live and how we feel, but now there are vaccines. It's okay to have questions. Now get the facts. Visit GetVaccineAnswers.org so you can make an informed decision about COVID-19 vaccines. It's up to you. Brought to you by the Ad Council. Introducing touch-free payments from PayPal. A safe way for your customers to pay. Simply download the PayPal app and display your own unique QR code for your customers to scan. Whether you're a market seller. I'll take two tomatoes and a cucumber. Poodle Pamperer, piano tuner, 
your plumber. Signing up to accept touch-free payments for your business is easy. Touch-free QR code payments. Shop safe with PayPal.